My name is Mrs. Philomena Ocholoko. I'm a volunteer Kingdom Worker from Nigeria. The goal of Kingdom Workers is to save life in our neighborhood, in our local communities, as well as spreading the gospel of Christ and building the kingdom of God. We care about the people just as Christ has taught us. That is why when meeting with the local people, we discover their needs and look for solutions to their problems while spreading the gospel. Hi everyone, Kim Jarris here with Shared Voices. The video you just heard was shared with us by our Nigeria team in early 2022. Mrs. Philomena is a Kingdom Workers volunteer with our All Saints Rural Health Services program in Nigeria. Now, if you're familiar with Kingdom Workers, chances are you know a lot about our work in Malawi. But few people really know about our work in Nigeria specifically in a place called Cross River State. That's why, for the next two episodes, I'm going to focus on all the incredible work happening here. In today's episode, I'll show you how the dreams of a few became a program that has helped meet the basic health needs of thousands, and how our volunteers stay motivated to continue this work against a backdrop of some serious challenges. Then, in the second episode, We'll take a look at how recent developments within the program itself have allowed us to share these incredible stories like never before. So with that, let's get to today's episode. Part one, staring down a giant. Hi. It was early on Friday morning. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I had my cup of coffee poured and my notes ready to go. Meanwhile, over 6,000 miles away, it was early afternoon for Tony Oglewu, Peter Ogbudu, and Sonde Ode. These three men were some of the founding members of what is called the All Saints Rural Health Services Program. And the fact that I was able to call them on WhatsApp was actually truly incredible. That's because in Nigeria, electricity and internet access are often spotty or hard to come by. And while our conversation did cut out a few times, I'm happy to say that we were able to talk for almost an hour, and I learned a whole lot. Here's some of what Tony shared about how the program got started. The Austin's Ruler has, we just started long ago. 2009 to be exact. Before the, the Kingdom Workers and the Ash actually came to board, and because of the knowledge I and the experience from school, when we came back, uh, some a lot of a lot of uh, health practices were not going the right way. Tony, Peter, and Sunday have backgrounds in healthcare and evangelism. In fact, Peter and Sunday actually still work full time as health officers in Nigeria, along with all this volunteer work. But after completing their education and returning home, they saw how desperate the health situation was for people in their communities. Sunday shared how... The, the situation here in Nigeria is very deteriorating. Knowing that we are in a third world country, hygienic and so of environmental health is very poor. 
Mosquito is one of the endemic diseases in Africa. That's Peter speaking. Nigeria has the highest rate. And then in the health situation, we have malaria cases that are so rampant, followed by typhoid, followed by diarrhea. The health crisis is so severe that the overall average life expectancy for Nigerians is only 53 years old. This is because preventable illnesses and diseases like malaria, diarrhea, pneumonia, and others are still deadly here. Michael Toppy, PAC and our Nigeria field consultant, provided some context for why this is the case. There has to be a lot of context to understand this properly. In the U.S. right now, one of the prevailing things that's discussed in healthcare policy, in medical education, is this idea of socioeconomic determinants of health. And the idea is basically this, that some of the biggest drivers of how healthy you'll be, how healthy will your kids be, how long will you live, really are about your social standing and your economic status. We find this to be true in lots and lots of different countries. So even in the U.S., uh, the linkages are very, very strong. Well, in Nigeria, socioeconomic status is very different than in the United States. And that's pretty much true across everybody that lives there, except for a tiny percent of elites. So that's one thing to really understand is that for most of the people that kingdom workers served in Nigeria, they have a very low socioeconomic status and their health correspondingly reflects that. It leaves them vulnerable to things that we take for granted in the United States. So things that have to do with sanitation, um, with having running water, having flushing toilets, those problems are not necessarily solved in a lot of the village areas in Nigeria. Um, similarly, having adequate shelter that protects you from insects like biting mosquitoes that transmit malaria, those problems aren't necessarily solved in all areas of Nigeria. Together with that, the individuals don't have a lot of disposable income that could be applied to seeking medical care. The fact is that healthcare is simply out of reach for millions. That is how the health situation is managed here in Nigeria. Everybody pay for his or her services. And the problem is that most people are poor and they cannot afford to pay for their services as needed. Tony, Sunday, and Peter also shared that poor infrastructure, lack of access to clean water and proper sanitation options, plus a failing economy, have only made matters worse. I was honestly shocked by how serious the healthcare situation in Nigeria is, and how many other challenges also exist that just further complicate things. As I learned more and more, I also was in awe of the fact that these men could look at a giant like that and come to the conclusion that doing something was possible, that doing something would make any kind of difference. But instead of being intimidated by their circumstances, I honestly think they felt emboldened to move. Seeing the, the health challenges in, we, in our communities, the needs, and um, some of the lacks in our community, we decided that uh, 
we should go a long way by uh, educating our people. And so Peter, Sunday, and Tony took a stance and began to work. And we reorganized our objectives to give health education, to give immunization to our congregation, to give free mosquito net, to establish, uh, to give uh, health services. Mm -hmm. Testing and with the help of God, we have, have uh, our clinic, Rua Head Clinic, which we, we do test and we admit and do some malaria tests and sell essential drugs to our members and non-members in the community. And with that, the All Saints Rural Health Services got started. Tony, Sunday, and Peter opened a clinic and began to give out immunizations and free mosquito nets to prevent against malaria. And they also did their best to educate the communities on basic health care best practices. When we come back, we'll look at how that clinic became a volunteer-based community health and evangelism program, impacting the lives of thousands, physically and spiritually. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Part two, prevention and education. So at this point, we've got a small group of Nigerian healthcare professionals who are interested in doing something to prevent their fellow congregation and community members from contracting diseases like malaria. They have the skills and education and a determination to help. And their clinic that they created is providing medicines and basic education to people. All the while, keep in mind that these men also are still holding their full-time jobs. So the clinic, it helped people. It gave individuals a way to access a resource they previously didn't have access to. But the reach was still limited because anyone who needed help had to come to them. Tony shared that. So we look at it as being doing this alone, we will not be able to meet a lot of people. Enter Jason Pulitzer and missionary Doug Weiser. My name is Jason Pulitzer and I'm the executive director for the Marrow Center. Okay, quick pause. The Marrow Center is a newly launched research and training community for Christian Health Ministry. It's a joint venture between Kingdom Workers and Wisconsin Lutheran College. I'm sure I'll do an episode in the next few months about it all, but needless to say, Jason has extensive experience in the fields of community health and research. It was in 2009 that I was asked to come up to Nigeria with missionary Doug Weiser. It was at this time that I learned that um, the two leaders for the All Saints Rural Health Program and their, at the time, I think they had a, a pharmacy uh, when they were just helping with distributing um, basic uh, pharmaceuticals in the area, and that was their background. Um, but in talking with them and wanting and seeing their interest in getting congregation members involved, sharing with them some of the materials we were doing in Zambia, the community health worker material primarily, and, and the, the manual. Um, we shared the manual with them and they pretty much took it and ran with it. And, you know, they had a, uh, the motivation, the in initiative, um, the desire to have a faith-based program and get their church members involved. And so it was really cool to see them 
adopted it. With this new support, grants from Christian Aid and Relief, and encouragement from missionary Doug Weiser, the All Saints Rural Health Services Program in Nigeria continued to grow. Volunteers helped with things like boreholes, clean water, and medicine. But they wanted to be able to do even more and have an even greater reach. Which is where Michael Toppy comes back into our story and how Kingdom Workers officially got connected. In 2015, when I visited, it was largely meeting with these individuals, learning about what they've done, which was impressive already, using Christian Aid Relief Grants, working with the Wealth Missionary to implement some basic programs related to boreholes and providing clean water, uh, working with some basic latrine projects, a few things like that. But in discussion with them, and again, they're healthcare professionals, they understand the Nigeria medical context quite well. They're clinicians who take care of patients there. They know what's possible. They know the resources and the lack of resources. They know the gaps. In discussion, we arrived at this idea of prevention and education being a key thing and sending people to the drowning villages to meet people where they're at with the needs that they have. Do you have mosquito net in your house? Now get mosquito net, where are they use? You don't know, where are they use? We have one mosquito net. <laughs> this mosquito net, so when we give them this mosquito net, they will go and misuse it. If you don't know how to do it, there's a way we we'll give it to you. You go and use it in your house. If you want to sleep, it is very important to use mosquito net so that mosquito will not affect you. So it's not a program that we invented. It's something that's been used in many, many places in the world. Um, WHO has protocols based upon these kinds of programs, community health workers. And it's modified to meet the Nigerian context. And in summary, each of the 20-odd congregations that make up All Saints Synod supplied two women who were selected by the church, by that congregation, to come and receive a fair amount of training to be a resource for their community. And these women were able to teach some basic things on preventing diarrhea, treating diarrhea, assessing fever, trying to prevent malaria, um, including distribution in connection with mosquito nets, and education on um, vaccine-preventable diseases and encouraging individuals to go get vaccines. So that is the program in a nutshell. And from that first group of visiting women volunteers or health workers, we've now trained two additional groups of volunteers to further extend their reach. And this is what the program is today. It's one where female volunteers are selected from their home congregation and provided with training, done by people like Peter, Sunday, and Tony, on how to provide basic medical education and gospel proclamation to communities in need. So when women like Mrs. Philomena visits a village, 
she has the training she needs to educate people on how to have clean water, what to do in cases of life-threatening diarrhea. She's also able to provide mosquito netting and explain why using it is so valuable. And all the while, these volunteers are constantly combining that physical care with the truth and healing found in the gospel. It's really neat to see that aspect of it folded together. In the U.S., you know, we really set up these boundaries between talking about religion and talking about life in general. In my experience, in a lot of parts of Africa, but certainly within Nigeria, that boundary just doesn't exist the same way. And so it's just very natural for individuals to talk about their faith um, in their day-to-day context, to talk about it in relation to some of the healthcare education that the women volunteers are doing. Now, if you're listening to this thinking, wow, everything seems to have worked really well. You're right. This kind of rapid program expansion and teamwork is often rare. But as Jason told me, this team, the vision that Peter and Sunday had, and the support from local congregations, they just kind of had all the right ingredients from the start. Yeah, number one, they they just tried something, right? Like, so, you know, Peter and his, his team, they just tried it. They saw an opportunity and they didn't let the lack of something determine their response. They knew they had a responsibility, they had training, and they, they, they accepted the responsibility to get something started. I think that was pivotal. And that was, that, was, that was significant because then other things that were brought in to complement what they were already doing uh, was seen as that. It wasn't seen as the foundation. They also had the support of church leaders. Church leaders saw what they were doing and, and really walked alongside them, supported them, um, they were they were part and parcel of the, the local church, which was really important. And so they had they had the respect of congregations, they respect the respect of uh, the pastors. And as they went and developed local volunteers, it was just seen as a natural extension of the church. So that was also very important. This program work in Nigeria is a beautiful example of what happens when a group of Christian individuals decide to do something to serve rather than let their fears or uncertainty consume them. It's kind of what's spoken about in John 13, when God says, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And God truly has been blessing this work. He's blessed the lead volunteers like Peter, Tony, and Sunday. And he's blessing the efforts of the female volunteers, those women like Mrs. Philomena. Here's another story of how one of the volunteers was able to help someone learn about God again. It's a story that comes from female volunteer, Sunday Divine. In it, she shares, I experienced a lot of things. Many questions were asked, and by his grace, I was able to answer those questions. But when I entered some houses, some of the members of those houses wouldn't let me come preach the gospel for one reason or another. There was a particular woman in one compound 
I entered and I was trying to gather the people of that compound so I could tell them about the gospel, but this woman refused to join us. And so I asked questions about this woman, and they told me she lost two of her children inside the church. And from that day, she denied that there was a God. And so she wouldn't even let anyone talk to her about God. I tried to encourage her, but she refused. But at last, I met with her one-on-one and was able to encourage her. And I thank God that she listened to the word of God and was happy again. These are some of the few things I have experienced in the field. Since we started truly tracking data in 2019, over 11,000 people have been served through our efforts in Nigeria. That's thousands of people receiving life-changing medical care, thousands of people hearing the true word of God. And small plug, when you support Kingdom Workers, you're helping make work like this possible. Coming up, we'll share a more in-depth look at the impact this work is having and learn why volunteers like Mrs. Philomena are so committed to serving in this way. Part three, there is still love in this world. Here's the part where I wish we could all be super multilingual and just understand exactly what someone has shared in their native language. But because I can't add subtitles to a audio podcast, I'm going to share with you some of the things that Paulina, a mother of four living in Nigeria, shared with us about how the volunteer efforts of the All Saints Rural Health Services program has impacted her life. Paulina told us, Kingdom Workers has helped me a lot. They have attended to my spiritual and physical needs. And with the help of Kingdom Workers, I have been provided the basic information on health issues, which has been a big help to my family, mostly in the treatment of diarrhea within my children. Paulina and her family live in a rural area of Nigeria where access to clean water, mosquito nets, and medicine are really hard to come by. Often, she would have to pull water from an unclean water source and just hope that her children and herself wouldn't get sick. And malaria is always a danger to the family. But thanks to the Kingdom Workers volunteers, she now knows how to keep her and her family safe. And Paulina also shared something with us that put a serious smile on my face. She said, Kingdom Workers has really made an impact in my faith and spiritual life. They have been coming to share the gospel of Christ to my family, and the love shown to us by the volunteers has been massive. Their message and actions show that there is still love in the world. What an awesome thing to hear, to know that the efforts of our volunteers are making a real tangible difference, especially when our volunteers travel across some rather difficult terrain to reach those in need. Michael shared that. Travel to and from Nigeria is incredibly challenging. Um, and, and it's not that we're thinking about those travel things in isolation. It's in comparison to other African or international countries that Kingdom Workers works with. And some of the things that make travel difficult include rough terrain. Remember that lack of roads? There's also many places where checkpoints exist or where unrest poses a threat to safety. 
But despite all of this, here's what Mrs. Philomena told me. Working with Kingdom Worker is a thing of joy. And for the Kingdom Worker, like mostly, you people have supported us very, very well with your finance, with your prayers, with whatever thing you have, you have supported us. And with that, since we, our own is to put in our best, and we have been doing that to see how we can spread the gospel, reach out to people that are not capable. And we have been doing that with the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes the distance, the, the finance, but we don't mind since we have devoted our time. Mm-hmm. We put in our best to make sure that people, the word of God is being spread. And all of this becomes even more powerful when I learned that Mrs. Philomena works a full-time job as a school teacher. She is doing all of this work out of a heart full of gratitude and thanksgiving for what God has done. And every single member of this volunteer team seems to have that same heart for service. Michael shared. So the most important factor in how the work there progresses is because there is an excellent core team of volunteer leadership on the ground in Nigeria. That really is the foundation and the bedrock. Um, Peter Abudu and Sunday Ode have been with all this All Saints Rural Health programming since the very beginning, and they have not wavered in their commitment and their responsiveness to um, partnering with Kingdom Workers to get this work done. Over 100 female volunteers have answered the call to serve. And by putting others first and living lives full of God's love, this program is helping fill a significant need. It's why Mrs. Philomena was excited to share. The story I would like to share is that God has been really helping us. He has been faithful. People in our community, people in our locality, they have many things to testify, like spreading the gospel, even to rescue some smaller problems. At least, it's something. We glorify God for that and for your support, too. And that's it for today's episode. I'm Kimberly Jarris, and you've been listening to Shared Voices from Kingdom Workers. Next time, we'll continue our conversation about the work in Nigeria by looking at some of the most recent work being done and how these new developments have allowed us to share what's happening in this program like never before. As always, today's podcast was written and produced by me with underscore music from a variety of artists on Soundstripe. Our theme music was written and composed by Jack Boatman. And special thank you to Mrs. Philomena Choloku, Tony Peter Asani, Jason Paltrow, Michael Tappy. If you'd like to support this work, you can do so by making a donation at kingdomworkers.com slash donate dash now. And if you make a gift now through December 31st, 2022, your gift will be matched dollar for dollar. Thanks for listening. And I hope you have a great day.